This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to the Cookbook Circle Podcast. I'm Hannah. And I'm Victoria. We're two friends with a shared love of food, cooking, and all things cookbooks. We are now in the third season of this podcast, and this one is all about, well, not really anything in particular. We are themeless, so you can expect deep dives on certain dishes, reviews of cookbooks, of course, but there'll be new cookbooks, old cookbooks, all sorts of cookbooks. And of course, we'll be asking you, our lovely listeners, for some input on episodes that we're gonna do it's gonna be so it's gonna be so fun fun and if you love what we do we're also on patreon this means if you'd like to support us your subscription will help to cover the podcast costs from the books themselves to the ingredients for what we cook and in return you'll get some fun stuff like bonus mini swords to find out more visit our website thecookbookcircle.com or you can find the link in our show notes thanks friends now let's get to the fun part Oh, hi, Hannah. Oh, hi, Victoria. <laughs> that was very casual of me, wasn't it? Oh, hey. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey. Didn't see you there. I'm trying, to, you. I'm trying to be <laughs> flirty. <laughs> um, yeah, always. I haven't flirted in a long time. So you would, <laughs> you know, you probably wouldn't know about it <laughs> if I was. Were, were you good? I bet you were a decent flirt back in the day. Well, you know. <laughs> I got married. I bagged the guy, right? So. <laughs> I loved how much you just, yeah, accepted that. <laughs> My version of flirting is um, absolutely ripping the piss out of somebody to the yeah, point where. Yeah, I mean, where... I feel like mine is too, still. Yeah, yeah. 
Do you want me to get him in and ask? <laughs> um, no, no. One day, don't. Steve will appear on this podcast one yeah. day. I feel Shall like I he would him? have a good story about him. it. Yeah. <laughs> Live update, Steve, please. Yeah, and then you can update you uh, later in the pod. Um, <laughs> um, while Vic texts her husband, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll do a little uh, segue for her. In much she has, yeah. since we recorded the last episode, been to bloody Japan. She's That's only true. bloody gone to Japan. I've been and come back. I don't know if you ever knew, Korea. but she, she has been there before. This wasn't the first time. <laughs> it was so great. Was it like a, when you put the, your foot on Japanese soil? Was it like, ah, like the, the clouds parted? And the... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, it was. Um, it was more annoying because I had to get like a bus from one terminal to another to get on the subway, and I was just like a bit annoyed about the whole thing. By the time I got to Japan, because I flew mm. to Seoul and then transferred. Uh, to Japan to Fukuoka in Japan so that was just annoying but once I was like dropped my bags off in my hotel and like got out mm. there got to like a kombini I was very happy I was a very what, happy what, girl oh, what was your like what were you zoning in on in the kombini that you wanted to get Um. so um, one of my favourite kombini things to get is um they do these little cartons of tea like flavoured tea right yeah. like cold flavoured tea they're little cartons uh and the, the flavour changes throughout the year so that is one of my favourite things I don't know why but it's just always I just they just feel very nostalgic for them um so the flavours that I found this year this time were a bit boring they were muscat which I don't really know what it is so I didn't get that one. Oh, is it not a booze Lem- muscat I, I don't think so. Well, yeah. It looked like a like a bit like a grape on the front. Maybe oh, there's Oh yeah, um, it must be a grape, and then it's they um, make it into wine. Yeah, like a wine. Um, but I did get an apple one and a lemon nice. one. I think so. That was great. Um, I also like these little chocolate bars that are called Black Thunders. Oh, love them. They're like really cheap. I don't like twenty yen or something like really cheap. They're little. Love them. Um, so that was another one. And then the little mochi chocolate bun thing that I think I've talked about before in the pod. It's yeah. like a it's like a soft squidgy. Um I I I, I, I dread to think. Yeah, I I love it so much. I ate a number of those. Um You know my, my favourite stay. chocolate bar when I was there was um a crunky pot pop joy pop j or pop joy i don't know something like that yeah crunky they love those don't they oh i loved them they are and they 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 are good they are good and and they're like i feel like they do like portions of chocolate quite well like the squares Mm -hmm. are good (laughs) yeah like i don't think they're particularly good at sweet like the chocolate is fine no i like all the little chocolate nuts I definitely yeah. brought some chocolate covered macadamias back because I love that. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, but like sweet stuff generally, like not into it. No. Um, but, but it's fun. It is fun. Yeah. They do have silly so, things and I like that. Yes. Not unlike ourselves. Um, I've had a reply from Stephen. Shall I read it live on air? <laughs> What did okay? Um, how did you frame the question? First of all, actually, I just said, 
was I a good flirt? Podcast question. Um, and so, uh, you know, I mean, what a guy. Um, he's replied, yeah, I think it's a subset of you being good at banter slash funny. Same skill, mainly. So. I love Steve for just always taking like any question ever with like a really open little heart. Yeah. It's like, so what yes. a man. Um, maybe we should, you know, ask one of my exes and then we'll see. Um, but I'm not going to text any of those live on air. Um, That's a different podcast. <laughs> Not when I've just texted my husband. Um, <laughs> if I texted any of mine, the podcast would finish without a reply. <laughs> and I might die without a reply. <laughs> we would never hear from them again. <clears throat> Not that we, that I feel like we're, we're good. Yeah, same. Um, uh, yeah, I feel like we're good. We're good at banter. So yeah, we're good at like, you know small talk and like keeping a conversation going i feel like it's one of my key sub yeah. sets of skills yeah it's a it's a good one it's a, it's a valuable skill uh, handy in meetings i would say yes um, tell us all the foodie things you bought in japan then yes okay okay i have a long list i've made a list so new is going to be talking about this on here um <laughs> and we'll see so when we say foodie things are we saying things you ate or things like a ingredients that you bought utensils that you bought to bring home um how are we defining this so i've just made a list of things i brought home with me okay great. that are both edible and yeah. utensily related wonderful i love that you have a list <laughs> i mean mine would be like one like, long but i know you and i love you and i know that this is gonna be longer there was a list um there was a list before I went. Okay. So the main thing I wanted to, to get when I was there was yeah. um, a pan pan, like a pan oh. to make Japanese Shoku. bread in because they're yeah. quite expensive when they're here and they're not expensive there. Um, and they're a certain like shape. They're kind of square. They've got a lid. Um, right. So I was like, I may as well just go and buy a Japanese one, right? Yeah. Because uh, why the hell not? I mean... <laughs> Uh, I did was buy one. Was the flight one. more expensive than the tin was here? <laughs> no. <laughs> but I bought other things, so it was fine. <laughs> it, was all right. it was an investment trip. <laughs> it was an investment trip. Um, and I ended up going to this amazing, like, um, culinary stuff shop. Oh, in, God, you uh, love when you stumble across Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. It was so great. And it was it was tiny, as often these things are in Japan. But it was like so full of like amazing stuff. Um, couldn't find the shock pan pan, so I had to ask, and which is fine because I speak Japanese. <laughs> oh, that is so, is so. Can you actually like just like say the sentence? Like that's yeah. so impressive. I mean, I had to learn what the word for like baking tin was, right? Like, yeah. Or like, I had to. I've made sure I knew that before I went. But yeah. And I feel like one of my, uh, like the my favorite things about this trip was buying this shock pan pan because she told me where they were 
and they had this big catalogue. And like I said, this was obviously all going on in Japanese. And she then came up to me after and she was like, oh, these are the ones, of, these are the ones that we've got, but we can order them and they'll come in like three or four days. And I was like, you think I live here? And I love that. Oh, that is the best <laughs> and I was like, feeling. Yeah. And I was like, okay, thanks. Um, but I bought one. Um, like a medium-sized one. I can't remember the exact... I was going to buy the big one, and thank God I didn't, because it's an awkward shape <laughs> to mm. bring home in yeah, a suitcase. Yeah. Um, haven't you, used like, it yet. Did you, like, stuff your socks in it for the suitcase? <laughs> I should have done that. In the end, I ended up taking it in my hand luggage. Um, oh, precious garden. And, yeah, and I was a bit worried that I'd have to throw it away, but anyway. So I bought that. Um, I'm very excited to use it. Uh, when I get around to it and hopefully that will be soon also utensil wise I bought myself I treated myself to a fancy chopping board nice um, wood only it wood it is it is wood inner but the outer is this like fancy like rubbery material Ooh. that like pr- protects your knives like your Japanese knives oh, so course. that your your knife isn't like hitting the, the chopping board hard um oh. and ruining your knives they think of everything they think of everything <laughs> why are we so behind we're so like so i was very um i'm very excited about that and what i wish i'd bought for it is like they do these special like they almost look like, like whiteboard rubbers to like rub off any I guess just Stuff like on your board, yeah, or like right. you know, like the rubber or whatever. So it's smooth, like it's a smooth thing. So I didn't get one yeah. of those, but maybe I can order one online. But um, so I'm very excited about that. Um, that was a bit of a splurge, um, but I got That's it tax free. But yeah, exactly. That was my little treat to myself um, because the I know I was going to give myself one treat. The exchange rate was very good, so it. And they would have been way more than that here. So that's fine. Yeah. And then I did buy some other little utensils, mostly like little graters, like the... the Tiny the, graters. Yes. The... Closer, what are they called? <laughs> How many times do we sing that song? <laughs> yeah, I know. That's why I did it in that breathy Can way. You... <laughs> <laughs> oh, Danny, Danny Graters. Right, Kerry. Um, oh, for like wasabi and stuff. Yes, um, they're genius. Yeah, you know, maybe there's one for you as well, but we'll see. We'll have to wait oh. and see. Um, and there's a food that I bought, vegan QP update. I found yeah. it. Oi. <laughs> um, I had to go to two shops. Didn't find it in the first shop. Well, I looked everywhere for it, actually. I didn't find it until my last day. And then I had to, um, I was talking to some of my Japanese friends about it when I saw them. And they were like, oh, you need to go to a big supermarket. So I went to two big supermarkets, but found it. Wow. Um, What's I haven't the tried Japanese it yet. for vegan? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Well, this one, the, the QP just says, like, the, they've used uh, egg-free. What you probably would translate as egg-free mayonnaise, right? Like, gotcha. yeah, on yeah. it. But a lot of the, ve- I saw some vegan stuff out there and it was just like, vegan. Like, vegan. Wow. Like, the word. But, um, I'm sure there is a, well, we'll see from this book today, right? Well, yeah, I mean, this is just um, such perfect um, I know. intro material for the book that we're talking <laughs> about. Um, I feel like I could go on for ages, but I bought a lot of mayonnaise. I bought... Yeah. So I bought lots of vegan QP. I bought... Uh, I bought spicy QP. 
because I saw it and that was like, I bought a uh, Mentaiko Kewpie. And Mentaiko is like, um, it's cod row that's like okay. been like spiced or something. It's very, it's very, um, it's the particular food of Fukuoka. Like it's their famous right. food. And oh. so I found it in like a Fukuoka shop and I was like, I'll go ahead and do it. Well, you said the other day you like taramasalata, right? Yes. Like, but is it like a similar kind of vibe? Yeah, I always mayo? thought I didn't like it, but this was, um, I was this trip, I was like, I'm going to eat it because I probably will like it based on yeah, yeah. everything I know. So um, I was like, I'll bring the mayo back because who doesn't like a mayo with a something, something in it? Can I ask um, if the vegan mm. QP interest is just novelty based for you or are you just you're, you're eager to try something new like because if you bought loads of it then do you just like do you just want to try a vegan mayo <laughs> i'm intrigued no because well i think that you know part of me wonders if i'll go vegan this year oh wow but yeah as I know we, we talked, talked about, about previously this, yeah um and another part of me would miss qp <laughs> A right. lot. Okay. Okay. So you're future proofing yourself here. So I'm future proofing myself. And also, like, I'm, yeah, I'm just I'm interested. I mean, like, I find it all really fascinating. Um, but it was great. the QP one I wanted. Like, the, in the first supermarket I went to, I did find egg free mayonnaise, similar vibe, right? Right. But it wasn't QP branded. And I was like, hmm, I don't want to risk it on this. Okay, yeah, yeah. I can get vegan mayonnaise at home. Oh, yeah. I want I want Any old shish is doing that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, because I just, I just know I wouldn't be able to get it here. But anyway, so I will let you know, you know, the, the QP, the vegan QP saga will go into on and on. probably. On yeah, and on and on. Um, I probably will wait until I finish my current QP to, to do that. <laughs> Um, oh, there's so much, but I just want to shout out to the honey that I love. Yes, yes, I honey. Yes, dear. Yes, honey. It's it's Hannah. I'm right here. The honey that I love. No, uh, <laughs> it's not Hannah. Oh um, yes, you do. I mentioned like it to you, didn't I? Yeah. I love honey. Um, oh, I I cannot remember the brand. Uh. But there's this, oh, it's called Sugi Bee Garden, right? S-U-G-I. And they are... Sounds um, like a New York socialite, but anyway. (laughs) Sugi Bee. Um, It's my next cat's name. Uh, (laughs) And they are just... They're this this honey brand from Kumamoto, where I did my study abroad. And I got hooked on it. And they do it in all different flavors, and it's from, and it's just so good, and I couldn't wait to get it. Uh, so I brought lots of that home, and then I saw my friend Carly at the weekend, and she had she'd been to Japan last year, and I hadn't seen her since, and she'd brought me uh, oh. a bowl too. So I have lots of this honey, uh, and I'm cute. very excited to just use it. Um, oh, I got yuzu, I got mango, and I got wow blueberry oh um mm, it's just so good and in the shop when you go they 
they basically just mix it with hot water and like give you like a tea, like make a kind of tea with it. And it's just really nice. Yeah. And they also have like the shop where I got it from, they had uh, like the ice cream where it's all mixed in. Mm, It's it's great. If you're ever in Japan, Sugi Bee Garden, I believe that you can get it all over Japan. You usually um, will see it at like train stations. And right. in like the like souvenir section, okay. um, but it's from Kumamoto, and it's <laughs> sorry, it was a the Suki B section. Nice, I like that. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Um, oh, anyway, so that's like what I bought. I want and a to lot go. More. Yes, I can imagine. I want to go to Japan with you, or well, preferably you. I mean, you'd be top of my list. <laughs> to go with Thank someone you. who can speak the language so I can experience it more. Because yeah. I feel like when I was there, I was 22, 23. Mm. I was quite like a meek little creature, if you can believe it. And, <laughs> and I just, you know, I was a bit afraid and I would just yes. like only kind of go into places if they looked like... English friendly. Well, English friendly. Yeah. And, yeah, and I just, I still want to go back and experience all these things. And I bet um, in the like you know, X amount of years since then, I'm not going to reveal my age, um, that there's like loads Couple. more veggie options and, you know, or even I would just give less of a shit and be like more willing to make a fool of myself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd love to go back. My Japanese story that I'm pretty sure I've told on this podcast before, it ha- um, my embarrassing one, one of them, one of the many, <laughs> including setting off like an alarm and a disabled... Uh, toilet oh, yeah. in the university that I was teaching in um, was that I made people sing the, the staff sing to me in a cold stone creamery by you know by mistake oh, yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. I could only say the word yes rather than right. no <laughs> and then I noticed in London the other day they've opened a cold stone creamery yeah. so that's um, I don't know how to feel about that our American yeah, listeners I've, will be very familiar with cold stone I was a huge yeah. fan when I lived there but yeah. I was also a huge fan when I lived in Japan. Um oh, so good. Because they they had they had one in like the yeah, in Fukuoka and yeah, they would sing. It is good. <laughs> I like how they mix it up like a little teppan yaki ice yeah, cream style. On a cold stone. Yeah. Uh but you know, for long time listeners, you'll all know that I'm a big Baskin Robbins in Japan fan. Huge Baskin Robbins um, fan. Like embarrassingly so, actually, go halfway across the world to drink, eat a Baskin Robbins, which I did do. <laughs> How many did you have while you were there? I actually only had one, right? Because oh. they've, I was staying basically not close to one. They closed uh. the one down that I thought was staying, but I did have um, one and it was banging, let me tell you. What flavour? Uh, love Potion. And it's a uh, Love uh, yeah, that's the name of it, Love Potion. And it's a uh, Love, Love Potion's Love Potion. And it's uh, a <laughs> Love Potion's anniversary. So they've like enhanced it a bit. And it was just, oh, it hit. What's a Love po- What's in Love Potion? It's like, it's like raspberry. And, and do they, like, it's all just weird. Um, not weird, but they all have strange names in Japan. Um, I can't hear for it. That life's dull. Let's let's change it up. <laughs> and um, they don't call it Baskin Robbins in Japan. They call it Thirty One. Thirty One. 
Exciting. I will always enjoy Vic doing her Japanese uh, accent. Well, I would say but, but it's more like an and. <laughs> and. Yeah, we're on a Japanese vibe. Yeah, expect a lot of chat from me today. Sorry about that, Lance. No, well, everyone's loving it, I'm sure. We are talking about... I keep wanting to call this Vegan Easy Japan or Japan Vegan Easy, but it's <laughs> Vegan Japanesey by mm. Tim Anderson, the Timothy UK's Anderson. authority on Japan. <laughs> He's a mm. one-man Japan. He's a one-man American Japan man. Yes. And pan so, man. Japan pan man. So, <laughs> Japanderson. Um, shall I tell hey. you? God, you're so much better at that than me. Better is yes, a strong tell me. word. Um, yes, I'll tell you the, the little bit that I know about Tim Anderson. So he started on MasterChef. Did you watch the MasterChef that he was in? I've never watched any MasterChef. I think it's so boring. So no. Well, I did. <laughs> and I love boring food TV, as we know. We talked on the mini-sode earlier about how I'm enjoying boring Great British menu. I, de- I genuinely do, like, background food TV is my favourite thing. Like, there's very few food TV shows, like, reality-wise or competition-wise that I actually really like, but I just more enjoy them as, like, the hum in the background. Anyway, yeah. Enough about yeah. <laughs> this is about Tim. More about Tim, And please. this is about Vic. <laughs> Um, yeah, this so episode's Tim, about me and my <laughs> Japanese heritage. <laughs> so Tim was born in Wisconsin. <laughs> is Wisconsin the Sunshine State? The that's what state? Is it the Sun? I oh, know it's the Cheese State. It's How cheese ironic! Cheese State. I is know. It? Yes, I think it is the Cheese State. It is. Um, yeah, they don't they have those hats. <laughs> what cheese like head. Cheese they're called cheese heads aren't they like yeah honestly <laughs> like little like big things of cheese like you see I want um, one of these their football I'm gonna, get, I'm gonna get a picture up right now I'm just um, gonna google Wisconsin well, we're fresh cheese out the super, super Bowl where it's just like it's you know Americana over here but um I'm sorry if to Wisconsiners if it's not the cheese state Vic will correct it us is. very shortly. <laughs> She's well, I don't know about the state, but like, look at all of these cheese hats. Okay, these like are it's incredible. a thing. I would love one of those hats. <laughs> <laughs> and then I could go as like the Ratatouille rat at Christmas or something. Christmas, that's not when you dress up. Halloween. <laughs> Christmas is really different in my family. <laughs> um, anyway, so he was born in Wisconsin raised in Wisconsin different towns nobody needs to know that maybe except him but then he moved to LA in 2002 and he studied Japanese food history at Occidental College Occidental um just to say sorry uh it's it's actual nickname is the Badger State but it is also nicknamed America's Dairyland so and and when I googled Wisconsin State <laughs> It's, um, I got what are three fun facts about Wisconsin? Wisconsin is a leading producer of ginseng in the U.S. Green Bay is known oh. is known as the toilet paper capital of the world, <laughs> and the first ice cream sundae was concocted in Two Rivers in 1881. Um, so yeah, 
it's also wow. apparently known for its um drinking culture so you know there we are not um, much else to do clearly <laughs> apparently it's got a river one of the rare rivers that flows north you can just sit there and look at that all day anyway so tim occidental tim. college he studied japanese did he just, food did he just you know fall into there <laughs> by accident <laughs> oh i'm sorry the u.s and our lovely lovely listeners there um so yeah, moved there in 2002. He studied food history when he Japanese food history. So you know this this goes back a long way. Then he graduated in 2006, and he moved to Japan to further his interest in Japanese cuisine. To Kitakyushu, Kitakyushu. How do I say Kitakyushu? Yeah, Kitakyushu. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't that means North much. Kyushu, just you know, to tra- translate. Oh, it's that Kita. literally just means North Kyushu. Oh, and interesting. Kyushu is the southernmost island of Japan. Uh, if you think yeah. about, yeah, Japan being shaped like a banana, it's the bottommost big island that isn't obviously Okinawa and those little ones. Anyway, just you know, a little geography lesson for you there. Our, our resident Japan expert. Um, it doesn't say much about what he did in Japan, but he moved to London then a, like two years later with his British wife and he worked as a craft beer bar manager, which I think oh. makes sense. He mentioned something about this in one of the dishes that I made, I think. Oh. Anyway, so um, he went on MasterChef. Um, it's, and that was kind of the beginning of everything for him. So it, his own website says that he's like, his cooking's primarily informed by his American heritage and his love for regional Japanese food. I haven't seen many like American dishes, but I guess it's just like hints of kind of like decadence yeah. or whatever <laughs> in whatever he's yeah. doing, that it's not like strictly maybe um, completely 100% like, yeah, authentic. Um and mm. he, yes, he won MasterChef, basically. Which, yes, he did. In 2011. And then it just kind of all blew up for him after that. He opened Nanban, which was yeah. in Brixton, London. It was a pop-up and it became a kind of bricks and mortar restaurant. Mm. And then he opened Namban Central. He op- he clo- he left both of those in 2021. It doesn't say much about it, but I did find an article that was like, after he finished, it was like, or after he left Namban in Brixton, it was like a f- up for rent for like £50,000 a year or something. Oh. The, the space. So it's like, oh, maybe they were just like having a rough time. I don't know. But anyway, um, he oh. does loads of other stuff. He's, written loads of books um he loads japanese of books soul food yeah japanesey tokyo stories vegan japanesey and then most recently your home is a kaya and he also writes for like loads of other fun stuff vittles which we've talked about loads mm-hmm. olive delicious loads of papers national geographic traveler food and then he he's often on like bbc radio 4's the kitchen cabinet and apparently he's a veteran podcast presenter teach us your ways um 
So yeah, and he's also been like a development chef and consultant. So he's worked for like oh, really? Le Creuset and Itsu, which I thought was interesting. For anyone, hmm. Itsu doesn't exist outside the UK, does it? But it's like a sushi so. chain, um, kind of, yeah, Japanese style chain. Um, KitchenAid and, and the Japanese National Tourism Organization. Um, oh. And he lives in Lewisham, which is interesting because that's where I used to live. Never saw him. Uh, doesn't mean it's not true, but I'm just highly sceptical. And his <laughs> wife, Laura, daughter, Tig. And what I think is interesting is they call out his cat on his website as being FIV positive. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's oh. to like raise awareness of, you know, the FIV positive <laughs> plight of the feline community, but um appreciate the work. And he mentions that cat at the start of this, doesn't he? In the In the... Um, intro it's like disclaimer like no animals were harmed in the making of this book and then it's like blah 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 in fact the only animal involved in this book in any way is my cat Baloo who repeatedly sat on my laptop as I and then it's like just like loads of letters in succession which is cute (laughs) what did you think of the um, Woody Harrelson quote Mm. on the very first page yeah not not a typical explain <laughs> so i guess this is like a you know reason to go vegan situation but he's got like this it's like a whole page right yeah uh, and it's got old. a quote from woody harrelson that says i had tons of acne and mucus Ugh. i spent i met some random girl on the bus who told me to quit dairy and all those symptoms will go away three days later would go away three days later. By God, she was right. And then it's he's accredited that quote to Woody Mucus Har- Harrelson. Yeah, not um, not oft referenced these days. Woody, he's kind um, of PNG, but you know, there we are. That's um, weird. And then he's like got a pit, like a weird picture of what looks a bit like Woody Harrelson, like a image with some yeah acting. and then it's got like the japanese for like like spot p- acne i suppose uh, oh is that what that is it, which is w- weird um the yeah so really fun cover and illustrations really beautiful like yeah i feel like all of his books do really do really well at that yeah this is the first one that i have owned um I was really excited to get this and see what it was like, but it was like, he does like an intro about how he's not vegan, but he's, you know, not officially, but he's vegan frequently and accidentally. And then he kind of talks about how to get like meaty flavor without the meat. And then he gives you like a larder, right? So like items that you should have. To stock yes. up on flavour, which obviously has like miso, mirin, dashi, um, and then he's just like eleven more <laughs> lovely vegan yeah. Japanese things you may want to get, like mushrooms, pickles, all these things that you would obviously associate with Japanese cuisine. Use the juice, and yeah, it's like it's interesting he's he's got like a the very first kind of like cooking instructions you get 
on page 26 are how to cook rice, which is obviously (laughs) a bit of a, yeah. You know, Japanese rice is hard to cook. Yeah, it's great. Um, Um, And, you know, if you like Japanese rice, you should definitely, you know, learn the best way to cook it for you like um or like not the best way to cook it the easiest way to cook it for you (laughs) because it is good um yeah and if you ever want to make sushi obviously you need japanese uh short grain rice you do i like the short grains um (laughs) he's got a vegan japanese mayo recipe in here um so Mm. you um, yes. Considering your complete ignorance about the culture and the country, what was your first <laughs> impression of the book? <laughs> um. Mm. So, disclaimer: Ooh, I way. have this. I got this on Kindle. Mm-hmm. Um. But I I'm just looking at it on my iPad so it's very like I think it's laid out in pretty much exactly the same way as the book yeah. and you get all the pictures and everything it's not I'm not reading it in black and white on like a Kindle um but on it's very pretty like yes. I, like all of his books are I've got a couple I've definitely got one other of his um and I've seen um more I I wasn't as, like, excited on my first go-through it as I thought I might be, which I was a bit sad about. I felt like maybe, and I don't know if you felt this as well, that maybe it didn't seem like there was a lot of recipes. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, maybe not. But maybe it's because he he has a whole section about, like, making... uh, like dashies, like soups and, and like the sort like the sweet soy sauce that he makes and all this kind of stuff. Like Yeah. Some of that I kind of just ignored because uh <laughs> I'm not gonna do that. Yeah. Um and I because I knew we were doing this book, I did bring some like uh kombu dashi, just just kombu dashi back from Japan. Nice. Um because I knew that, that would be hard to get here and i didn't really want to just be like soaking my own kombu for ages nobody um, wants to soak their own kombu. No, they don't um but yeah i just i felt a bit like i felt a little deflated on my first go through and that's not to say that's how it ended up yeah i'm quite relieved to hear that in a way because I do. I joke that Vic feels ignorant about Japanese cuisine. It's so the opposite. But I do because I'm mm. because I'm veggie, and uh, I do occasionally eat fish. As yeah, long time listeners will know. But I just like yeah. I felt like when I was there, I didn't take full advantage of the cuisine because mm. I was a bit yeah, like I said, a bit young and scared and didn't want to eat meat. And then yeah, I just feel like it's something that I only know a portion about but I'm really curious about and I'd love to know mm. more and then when I was yeah when I was looking through it I was like oh it's a bit like not 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 inspired but like <clears throat> it was quite involved a lot of it as well that you had to like it almost felt like a restaurant cookbook mm, where yeah, you had to kind of go mean. back and like do another dressing, do a dressing on this page yes. or do the dashi from that page. And I was just like, oh God, I just want 
something relatively easy. Yeah, when this whole book is about it being easy, right? And yeah, he so says true. that every other every opportunity of every recipe, he's like, there's like a difficulty rating for everyone, but like that doesn't change because yeah. it's supposed to be an easy cookbook, and that kind of annoyed me, and it just felt redundant. But um, yeah, I, I looked through this the first time, and I I thought I would have like loads of things bookmarked. Um, yeah. But I didn't. But you didn't. Um, yeah. So I had to look again. And like when Lower I... Lower standards and look again. <laughs> my standards and look again. Um, and, you know, that goes back to my flirting technique. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I just wasn't... And also, I, you know, obviously we'll rate this at the end, spoiler alert, but like accessibility wise, like I'm always looking at it from that point of view as well. Like yeah. I know that I have a good Japanese like pantry, right? I have stuff in my house always yeah. because we eat a lot of this food. And I was lit, I knew we were doing this book and I was literally going to Japan so I could find some of this stuff. Totally. But like, but like I don't think a lot of it is that easy to 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 get. I, I don't know what to see. Like even like daikon, right? Like yeah. that comes up a lot. Muli, it's sometimes called like a, it's like a rad yes. a Japanese radish. It's, some, it's used in like some uh, South Asian cooking as well. Like I don't know where to buy that here. I've had it in my odd box once. Yeah. Yeah, um, and if you even if you knew where to buy it, if you didn't know what it looked like, you can come ac- you can come across it sometimes and just. So I, I was yeah. with someone the other week, and they're like, "What the hell's a daikon?" <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like you could you could just not even recognize it. Yeah, and <clears throat> and it's just it's that kind of like it's not it's not a common thing here, but it is like daikon is such a massive part of Japanese food, right? Especially yeah. like vegetarian food, and and um, like he talks a bit about. Uh, shojin ryori which is like when you go to a temple or whatever or if you stay over at um, like a ryokan like a traditional Japanese inn I think it's how they translate it but like yeah. that food will all be vegan because it's like almost like a Buddhist religious thing um, but like no one's eating that on the regs right but <laughs> everybody in Japan knows what a daikon is is what I'm trying to say um, yeah so yeah I think I wasn't, it didn't blow my mind. And that's obviously hard to say for me. Yeah, um, we do, uh, and we never want to say about anyone's book. I, I think I also struggled a little bit with like meals. Do you know what I mean? Because mm. it's like, um, like I saw these fun like leek pea and potato croquettes. Mm. And it's like, of course I could pair them up with something like that bastardized basically but it would be fun if there was like a suggestion of like yes what to eat it with i'm, I'm using that as yeah an example but like, like there was a few things like that and i was like oh i'm not gonna be able to eat that like on its own would people eat that with rice i don't I, you know i don't like mm. fully know so i was trying to go through and just find like dinnery things because they were the kind of opportunities for me yes. to cook something and yeah i don't know yeah i, know, I guess then, I, yeah I by the end of it maybe I felt that this was a little bit 
rushed as a book. Like maybe, maybe because he has a book called Japanese, right? Like th- this is yeah. the the sister to another book and like was it that his publisher or somebody said to him like "Mm, it's just too meaty and the people want vegan food and like can we make Japanese food vegan and and, and it was a case of like I don't know if I don't know I I, I've got a lot of love and respect for Tim Anderson yeah he's great I, I love his other books he is writing a book about food in Hokkaido which is the northernmost um island in japan and if you follow him on instagram it's so interesting all of his like research trips that he's done to me a nerd but like um i just don't think that this maybe was his uh forte and maybe it's just because it's not japanese foods forte maybe yeah, you need the maybe. fish like you maybe need you fish dashy and stuff isn't it um, interesting that there's not really vegan replacements for fish there's only ever yeah. vegan replacements for meat. Like, I know that people do, like, chickpea tuna and stuff like that. But, like, yeah. in the whole, like, meat replacement world, it's all focused on, like, sausages and rashers and steaks and stuff like that. Yeah. They're never doing, like, um, I don't know. Yeah, fish fingers. Like a, a fish fingers. Yeah, you exactly. Fish fingers, like can't that. you? But I guess it's that texture as hot. And obviously the taste. People are funny about fish, though, aren't they? Like, British and Irish people, I think, are, like, often quite, like iffy about it oh yeah like white fish or yeah prawns and that's it yeah pretty much um but anyway my my question to you I was was walking the dog before we started recording and I was like when did you get into like rice because I was thinking about like we were talking about this in work the other day like staples of that people turn to for comfort and he talks about that in this where Mm -hmm. he's like rice is my sta- you know, like my my carb like my staple yeah mine obviously like growing up was like potatoes <laughs> and pasta and bread yeah. but I, we weren't really like a rice household um mm. like my mum did make like like delicious like asian stuff um especially like a bit later on but yeah w- were you like a rice household or was it when you started like studying japanese and stuff that you got into that food yeah, absolutely. Like the second one, we weren't a rice household. Like I, I'd, I'd eat, I'd eat rice. I liked rice, yeah. but we were more of like a potatoes, pasta, you know, the, your standard kind of British household um, in the 90s and 2000s. But then, yeah, maybe not even till I like properly got to Japan or even like got to university and spent time around people that grew up that were rice people right yeah yeah um and so i there would be rice more in the house um uh like you know in the houses i lived in and then obviously i met steven and he he grew up in a rice household um but then when i went to japan like it's a different kind of rice but yeah i feel like that's when you got into it I really got into it and it was like, oh my God, I can't live without this yeah. rice. And like, you know, even when you're eating, <laughs> you know, something that doesn't need rice, like I want rice. Yeah. And like, it's a bit like, I guess, like miso soup is the same, I think. I mean, I, you know, I can take or leave miso soup, but if it's there, I'll eat it and I like yeah. it. Um, but I feel like in Japan, that's very much that's like it comes with every meal. Yeah. Um, quite stinky I remember having it for the first time and being like oh 
god <laughs> i don't know yeah. if i can do this guys <laughs> i've come around a bit more now but yeah it is and the way it's kind of like cloudy you know when it's that kind of b- yeah. blooms up and you're like what? <laughs> yeah, what's you going on up. down there guys <laughs> you're never quite sure what's in there yeah, it's like, like a creature seaweed and tofu and yeah yeah i agree um, um yeah that's interesting i find it all very interesting yeah and now i'm we're a i'm a rice you're a rice gal guy now rice guy i mean i still love bread and i still love pasta but i feel like we're a rice house mm. like a you know and maybe that's just how living in Asia gets you. Like, I said this on the minisode earlier, but I met up with my uh, friends Emma and Carly this weekend and they studied Japanese. We've all lived in Japan. And uh, Carly was the only one who drove, but we made sure she brought her rice cooker. <laughs> so we could have rice like so we could have good rice that we wouldn't have to like think about effing around with on the hob yeah, yeah. but like it was like the first thing she said like oh should I bring the rice cooker that's <laughs> hilarious like, yes. we were like a- and Emma who I also saw like we all had to for her wedding last year like she was like we need as many rice cookers as we possibly can. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's like, there was just like 20 rice cookers like racked up. That is just, um, that's so good. That's just not, I've never, I've never had that, but I love it. Like I wish I was more of a mm. rice person. We were like a boil in the back household, like Uncle Ben. Oh, yeah, same. <laughs> I feel like I turned up at, at uni in Japan and like, uh, lived with all these in our like dorm was all these koreans and like loads of rice cookers and they would always be full of rice and i was like so confused like i was like why (laughs) who's eating this much rice but then you get like and then you're like oh my god my dream is just to have a rice cooker full of rice that always you know that's always on and always there and just available to eat but i didn't get into that that and like a boiling water do you ever see those boiling water things in japan like not a kettle uh, like they're like hot water machines yes. and they're just always Bubbling. got hot water in them <laughs> yeah yeah um to make your like cup ramen they're often in like the convenience stores That's to make right. your cup ramen and stuff oh, why is it so um, fun there we we had one of those in our dorm and everyone would boil like do their jammy eggs in there like just put the eggs oh. into the water because it, it's fine it's not cracking like yeah, you'd be yeah. really careful and then you just leave it in there whilst you're cooking the rest of your food oh i've gotten um yeah so into jammy eggs lately and just like on lunch and like because i've been trying so hard to make my lunches for the office and just a jammy yeah. egg on everything oh, just so make, like yeah the next level yeah and it makes you feel so fancy yeah and it looks great um i can also recommend for your jammy eggs i recently got maldon's they've got new salts they've got a garlic one and a chili one and so it's got like aleppo chilies and uh, other chilies like mixed in with the salt so it's like a real nice topping that on top of your like cut in half jammy egg is perfection genius move by Malden. bravo i know what the hell that's so good yeah Uh, so good and the yeah lovely uh, anyway yes 
this is a lot of um sorry guys the most there's no eggs in what we made <laughs> no no eggs but there's a lot of vegan um, egg replacements are there i kept being like can i just he would be like the equivalent of four vegan egg replacements i'm like can i just use four eggs i'm not vegan here yeah i know <laughs> i think that could be the price of those oh yeah no screw that i think that could have been a nice little like sub note is like if you're only mm. vegetarian like you could use this or you could yes. use that like I think that would have been helpful yeah because definitely one of the criticisms of something I made was oh, I just want to use eggs yeah like, I just yeah, yeah it was a bit annoying um but anyway let's talk about what you made so I made two what things what did you make <laughs> what mm-hmm. well let's talk about what you made what did you make <laughs> um <laughs> come on tell us I made we all want to know two things the first one was the surprisingly awesome one-hour spicy sesame aubergine and courgette ramen, which has to win the <laughs> fucking award for the longest recipe title of all time. Wow, and really? anything that makes me say the word awesome, <laughs> yeah, it's just it's a t- not a word I, that comes naturally I thought you, that, I thought that was your word. No, 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 no. I will never say the okay. word awesome. Anyway, <clears throat> love ramen. I've never made it at home. And I always like the really like, um, like peanutty kind of tahini ones. They're delicious. So this looks fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> his opening line on this is ramen is a bit like marriage. You know it's going to take a long time, but nobody t- tells you it never ends until it's too late. And I didn't really know what to think of that, but um, especially if I was his wife. But um, <laughs> so you've got. Yeah, Vic has a look of confusion mm. on her face too. Anyway, um, it's a pretty decent ingredients list. But a lot of them are kind of store cupboard stuff. So it's courgettes, vinegar, sugar, salt, chili flakes, aubergine, vegetable oil, sesame oil, Sichuan pepper, garlic, ginger, soy sauce, mirin, chili sauce, dashi. I didn't make the dashi. Full confession. Tahini, miso, Chinese cabbage, Ramen noodles, sesame seeds, a spring onion. You're <laughs> just throwing every umami ingredient <sighs> at this, isn't it? <laughs> really? So, my immediate... Mirin, dashi, tahini, miso. <laughs> like, my Sorry. immediate blocker was just like, I just don't want to make the dashi. And it was... Mu- no. He says ideally mushroom, and Tom absolutely hates mushroom. Like, it's almost a oh, phobia. Really? It's almost like I wasn't taking it oh, seriously. Oh, yes, I knew that. Okay. <laughs> Until we ordered a pad thai recently and had a mushroom and he wouldn't even touch the entire thing. So, I was like, I'm just going to buy stock. And I know that's not great, but I was just fucking busy. Mm. So, I used that. But it was still great. This was a great, delicious dish. Mm. So, you cut your courgette into, like, matchsticks. Or he says... Oh, Doug's got his squeaky toy, guys. Bear with us. Oh, he's going to the living room. It's fine. Um, <laughs> he's going to be alone with his squeaky toy. <laughs> um, he's like, I don't want to hear about vegan food. <laughs> yeah, he's like, work for shit. Um, <laughs> you either spiralise or... I don't have a spiralizer because it's not 2010. Um, or you cut your courgette into matchsticks. Um, and then you kind of toss that to pickle it with vinegar, sugar, salt, chili. Um, and then you cut the rest of the courgettes and aubergine into wedges. This is nice, actually. You make kind of just like 
lovely cooked soft courgette and aubergine with vegetable oil, sesame mm. oil, Sichuan pepper. I wasn't really sure what form he wanted the Sichuan pepper in here. I have peppercorns, so I just kind of mm. bash them up a bit. But yeah, that would be nice to know. Garlic, ginger, yeah. chili flakes, and then you put them all in a pan over medium heat. You um, let that sizzle for a minute and then you add in the courgette and aubergine and you put a lid on and you mm. kind of let them steam fry and it just goes beautiful and soft and, you know, and it still kind of holds its shape, but it's like yeah, lovely and tender and it had all that flavour in. And then you add in soy sauce and mirin and, and a bit of chilli sauce if you want, if it's spicier, and then you cook another five minutes. On the side, you bring your dashi or stock if you're a lazy wench like me um, to a low <laughs> boil and then you whisk in tahini and miso. So that's your kind of broth bit. Um, and yeah. he says reduce that to a simmer. And then like this, it was like a million pounds on the go is the only thing. But I guess that's just like the only way, right? Like for ramen. Um, mm. You bring a large pan of water to a boil and you boil the cabbage, Chinese cabbage to... Um, for a minute and remove that and keep it on the side and then you bring that same water back to the boil and you cook your ramen until it's al dente and then you drain that and then basically you just divide your noodles between bowls pour over your like miso sesame broth and you toss it so it's all like coated and then you put your aubergine courgette mix on top with some crushed sesame. He's, yeah, so he says to like get four tablespoons of toasted sesame seeds crushed to a coarse powder. I didn't have a mortar and pestle oh at the time. Oh my God, who's got the time? Yeah, and I just like tried to blitz it in the mini chopper and it just, you know what, it just achieves absolutely <laughs> nothing. It's just like, great. I still have to wash this little thing and I have like not achieved my goal in any way. But whatever, I just still just like put it on top. Then you put your pickled courgette on and spring onion. Great. Delicious. Lovely. Really, really good. The pickled courgette and the little, the top, yeah, the aubergine and courgette sounds great. Yeah, the broth was delicious. Teeny, the miso, like, it gives that real depth. Mm. Um, Brought it for lunch the next day. Loved it. Mm. Really, really loved it. You'll love this difficulty rating, though, Vic, if if the other ones Mm. annoyed you. As I was writing, it says difficulty. As I was writing this, the cat knocked over one of my plants and the wet dirt got everywhere. And this is a hell of a lot easier than cleaning that up. Tim, you're Tim, great at what you do. Give it a rest. <laughs> but it's not, it is easy, but you're, you know, the washing up will keep you at the sink for like the, the duration yeah. of the cooking. Um, so yeah, I, yeah. But no, really, really like yeah. that. And that sounds very like, t- so did you just use like, just vegetable stock. I got like a stock pot and I like, because mm. I think they have yeah. more flavour and I just got that going, like with the right <coughs> amount of water. Oh, Doug's off on a bark. <laughs> Doug was a big fan. Um, so yeah, I have, oh my God. That sounds God. great. And frankly, like just that base could be great for anything, right? Like, stock or dashi tahini and miso like that sounds banging just for like a any noodles yeah i think i've talked before i'm gonna close the door on my noisy dog um i think i've talked before <laughs> about um my old 
colleague Nicole who I worked in the bakery with and one day she just came in for like staff food and she was like I want to make like a veggie ramen and she just raided the fridge and made like a veggie stock with tahini and like all these delicious things and then just like created this amazing like fridge raid ramen and this reminded me of that like it was yeah probably better than that but yes it was perfect it's what you need and I feel like you yeah it's got all the things you want from a ramen which is so often you know me like you think about it being meaty if it's not like a you know like a pork broth it's a chicken broth or Mm. even like a miso broth often it's like chickeny right yeah um and and or topped with something yeah. yeah and because the courgettes and aubergine were kind of cooked in this nice like spicy oil that added mm. a bit more to the brothy base and it was just great um really like that would i would definitely huh. make that again and then the second thing oh, i made great. was the rough night rice <laughs> oh. did you see this <laughs> I think I saw it. Let me find it. It's um, page one six eight, and he—I uh, <laughs> don't know what to make of this. It definitely caught my eye because it's just a funny title, right? Like rough night rice. Yeah. And he—he he starts off by saying rice is one of has always been one of his favorite things to eat when he's blotto. <laughs> blotto uh. is just like a word I haven't heard in ages. And I guess maybe similar to you, he said when he lived in dorms, the only piece of equipment that he owned was a rice cooker that his parents got for like a wedding present back in 79. So when he came home like drunk after a night out, he'd cook some rice. And um, all he had to do was just like dump in rice and water and switch it on. (laughs) And now he still loves rice when he's like a bit pissed. But now he has lived in London for ages and he loves like kebab shops and he loves the like, mm. you know, greasy, oh. meaty, but with some like tangy condiments and a bit of fresh veg. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to like mash it up. Um, and yeah, what I was saying okay. earlier about him being a craft beer bar manager was like, mm-hmm. basically, he makes you like prepare this when you're sober is the idea. I didn't do this. I prepared it when I was sober <laughs> and I ate it when I was sober. But um, he makes you prepare it while you're sober and like put it in like lunch boxes or like Tupperware and keep the like fresh like toppings to the side and then he says like come home drunk put it in the microwave and put like your fresh tops on the side and he said like I mean it's genius it is quite genius and he's like it's really delicious but it's also really easy even the bar staff could make it if we couldn't get a chef to stay late which I like maybe wondered was like when he was Mm. like a bar manager I don't know Uh, yeah anyway um, I don't know about. I, I'd like. I'd love to know the science about eating when you're drunk, <laughs> like because he's like, yeah, it takes the edge off both the booze and its after effects, and I just don't know if that's ever been the case for anyway for anyone. But anyway, um, so you're like, he says he used cooked rice or leftover rice. Um, oil. It's so easy. It's ridiculous. It's like oil, mm. red onion, garlic cloves. Um, then he says, like, use pak choy or bok choy, cabbage or cabbage or tender stem, stem broccoli. Just like some green right. veg, like roughly chopped. Yeah. Three vegan sausages chopped up, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> um, yeah. Kimchi, 
He's really like going for yeah. this, like you know, dirty, yeah, yeah, yeah. like after. Yeah, okay. But I love that, like Japanese, like Asian, like dirty food. Oh, dog, give it up. Um, is nothing compared to like chips and a burger, right? Or like oh, yeah. chicken. Oh yeah. Anyway, and um, then like he says, a glug of soy sauce, a splash of mirin. I don't know. <laughs> I like it, but also. Is it a tablespoon? Is it two? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And more t- sesame seeds crushed to a coarse powder. I just didn't bother my arse this time. And um, a jalapeno. No, spring onions, lime. Jalapeno, spring onions, lime are all to go on top. And then a drizzle of hot chili sauce and a drizzle of vegan mayo. You could use your vegan right. keepy. But basically, could. you just fucking fry everything, right? Like you fry yeah, your nice. onion. And for like five minutes, then you put in your garlic, green sausages, fry them till the sausages are brown. Add in the kimchi and you cook that until the liquid has been evaporated. Put in your rice, your soy sauce, your mirin, break it all up. And then he's, that's when he says, to oh, add in the sesame too. And then he says... Mm. Remove it from the heat, leave it to cool, then pack it into microwavable containers. <laughs> Put the other stuff, the red onion, um, reserved red onion, because you just keep a spoonful back of that. Jalapeno, spring onions, lime wedge in a separate container. And then you just keep it all in the fridge till you're drunk. And then he's got like after drinking and it's like open the lid, a crack, microwave for three to four minutes. Transfer to a bowl, drizzle over the hot sauce and the mayo and then you add the fresh garnishes on top. Give everything a good stir before shoveling it in your face and pass out in the couch. Yeah, that is... <laughs> and it sounds great. To be fair, it is great. Like, it's got... Mm. Again, it's like fried rice, egg fried rice or whatever. Whenever I make it, it's a bit janky and it's, like, not great. Um, but, like, there's enough flavour in this that, like, it all coats mm. the rice really nicely. The pictures. I mean, I I'm, I'm setting new records every episode for like ugliest pictures, <laughs> but these ones might take the biscuit. There's just no, no way to make it look not nice. pretty. No. Um, but it was great. Lime is interesting. Oh, I didn't have a lime. I was sure I had a lime, and I used a lemon <laughs> instead. Um, yeah, I feel like that's an interesting. I mean, I get it because you've got all those like kind of rich. You know, the kimchi and the soy and all that yeah. stuff, but like a a lime isn't. No. In, I'm sure it's nice. I just uh, that's interesting. Mm. It does sound great though. Yeah, it was great. Um, I would just eat that. Like I don't need to be drunk for that. No. It sounds really healthy almost. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't that dirty. The dirtiest thing was like the vegan sausages. Maybe if you can go that yeah. far, they're not. And so I, yeah, I packed a couple of lunch boxes. They're going to come to work for lunches. <laughs> Nice. Um, Will you be drunk? (laughs) Well, hopefully. That would be one way to make the day go quicker. Um, Love you, colleagues, if you're listening. Um, (laughs) Definitely not drinking at work. (laughs) Never. But yeah, so for all my uh, kind of like lack of inspiration, the recipes themselves worked really well. Yeah, were good. Yeah. What about you, my friend? I felt this way about me, about me, oh, about, me, back, about back mine to too. Can I just say, Vic has back got her, a big reusable shopping bag in her background that's got some kind of phallic <laughs> thing on it and then it says big one. <laughs> Does it say big one? <laughs> it says big on the big shop and it's a corn in a cob. Like a, oh. it's still in its, it's a corn on the cob and it's like. 
Sorry, obviously I'm sheath. I don't know what that's called. <laughs> Is that what it's not what it's called? I don't know. That sounds dirty to me that it's in its sheath. <laughs> Sorry about like my it's big Valentine's lunch. Day, Vic and I are here recording together. I'm having a beer. <laughs> I've just got my big one behind me. Um, also, Alison Roman, her book is on the bed behind me as well. So her, like, uh, you know, chest is on. You know, it's closed. She's near, her chest it's is near the big one. Um, I don't know why that book is out. Who knows? Um, what did I make? What did you make? Okay, I also made two things. Um, also a ramen, interestingly, Ooh. for comparison, which is great. I'm really glad that you did one as well because I feel like this is a good, it's a good um, comparison. I didn't do the same one. I did the French onion ramen. Oh, you did. I saw that. I did. How was it. that? Um, it was good. It was good. It's it's long it? because I mean French onion soup is long, right? Um, yeah. Easy but long. Yeah. And I thought this when you were talking through yours, right? Like he made you, he made you he forced me put like boiled cabbage on the top. Yeah. And he does that with it. I mean, not jumping ahead, right? But he tops this. Uh, French onion ramen with cabbage and spinach that have just been kind of boiled. Ooh. It sounds like and it a, doesn't need it, but an Irish. <laughs> yes, it's it's not. It doesn't need it. Um, I kind of see. Anyway, well, let's talk about it. But it is. It's a really nice recipe. Uh, it's interesting. I love a French onion soup. Do you like a French onion soup? Love a French onion soup, but part of the joy mm. for me would be in the toasty, cheesy, toasty bit. Yes. Yes. Not um, here. No. Well, I don't. If you cast your mind back to a couple of weeks ago when I texted you that uh, <laughs> vegan cheese should be uh, sent to the bin, never to come back, I can't remember my exact one. Yes, um, that was a great text. But that was whilst making this. So <laughs> it also is a really big. Uh, list of ingredients i will rush through it so olive oil uh re two red onions two brown onions uh sugar salt garlic <laughs> sake red ruby port or red wine wow uh yeah it's only two tablespoons i hope and opened a whole bottle of red wine um oh well you're not gonna buy you a know. ruby port are you <laughs> <laughs> no nope. i just found the text um, by the way it said Vegan cheese can be sent to the moon to not return. <laughs> <laughs> With his other little cheesy friends. At least the moon's bad, made out of real bad. cheese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll get to this, but yeah. Uh, 1.2 litres of dashi, he suggests mushroom or triple seaweed. I used... <laughs> um, <laughs> The, the kombu dashi that I'd bought from Japan with, and I threw some dried mushrooms that I had in there fine. for it to, to soak for a bit. Yeah. So it's like mushroomy. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Um, two bay leaves, fresh thyme. So you've got like the, Jesus. you know, Frenchy vibe. Pepper, soy sauce, balsamic vinegar, mirin, marmite, corn flour, 200 grams of spinach, a quarter of a savoy cabbage, noodles spring onions bamboo shoots 
Uh, oh my god! Use pickled if you have them. Sesame oil, vegan cheese, cheddar or Italian style, and toasted bread. So um, you'll know if you've ever attempted to make French onion soup. It's all about time. The onions. Yeah. Uh, and well, and also like the beefy broth, or whatever. And that's obviously not here, but yes. So you basically. You chop your onions and you caramelize them for like well over an hour. So he is like 10 minutes until they soften and then at least another 40 to 45, stirring every 10 minutes. Um, yeah, it's, it's, and it was more than that. We were at like an hour and 15 oh probably before even. But it's fine because you know what you're getting into. He's not saying that they'll do it in a, in 30 minutes, which I appreciate. Yeah, we've talked about this before. Um, People lie. Yeah, <laughs> they lie. It reminded me, his method or whatever reminded me a bit of um, the Marmafuku ones where you kind of leave them for 10 minutes, then start. Right. And you're, like, you're kind of moving them every 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, so it's he says, when the onions are just starting to brown, stir in some caster sugar and add the garlic um and then keep for those last 10 minutes of cooking like make sure the onions don't burn add water if you want so when that's done and you've got these like it's, it's always you know it's great i love caramelized onions yeah. but like they always you feel a bit sad don't you when they go from like this mass yeah. of onions to like nothing yeah. um so then you add your <laughs> yes like spinach uh your sake which is like four tablespoons i think and wine and like it's that's just to deglaze i think pretty much mm. and then you add your dashi bay leaves thyme and black pepper and you simmer that all together for 30 minutes mm-hmm. um and then you stir in soy sauce balsamic vinegar mirin and marmite and shout out to my name my neighbor my neighbor jamie oh. who i jamie. don't have marmite we love jamie he's a fan of the pod and I was running around various neighbours because uh, I didn't have any Marmite. We're not Marmite eaters and I forgot to buy some. And um, he was in the middle of a work call. Oh. And I'm at his door like, hi, are you, are you Marmite people? Can we borrow some? Um, so thank you, Jamie. There's a love and uh, hate it joke in here somewhere, but I won't be the one. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the important thing is we love Jamie. Um, <laughs> and he hates you for interrupting his work call. Yeah. And whoever he's talking to on the call, I'm very sorry <laughs> that you heard some random girl at his door being like, oh, do you like Marmite? <laughs> <laughs> um, taste and adjust the seasoning as you like it remove the thyme and the bay leaves and then he wants you to take out three tablespoons of the broth at this point put it into a dish to cool and then stir in some corn flour to make it into a slurry Ooh. then put it back into the soup and then bring it to the boil to thicken and then you're like blanching the spinach and boiling the cabbage right in just water in a separate pan okay why not salty water just water um set it aside and then use that same water to cook your ramen until al dente again and then uh divide the ramen among four deep bowls ladle over the soup um 
give the noodles a stir to make sure they're not sticking together. And then top the ramen with spinach, cabbage, the spring onions, the bamboo shoots, your truffle oil, and the vegan cheese. Serve with the toast on the side. Um, what are the greens which doing I think is actually, in there? Yeah, they're not doing anything. I don't They're not it. doing anything. Yeah, I don't, that would um, really put me off, I think. No, and I, that, that's a bit sad. Not sad, but jealous that you got... <laughs> like pickles and yeah, yeah, yeah. you know like a nice topping yeah and I'm just I was stuck with that like luckily I did I I took the uh what's it called to I quick pickled my bamboo shoots nice just with some like uh vinegar and stuff I had in because I was like bamboo shoots are nice but like they need something yeah. if they're just in water um and so I, <laughs> I think I had the Cathedral City vegan cheese. Oh, so I put that on top. And then I was like, I know about, I know about French onion soup. I'll get my blowtorch out and I'll like melt it. <laughs> it's just, just blackened it. Like it was, <laughs> didn't melt at all. There's no meltability um, factor in that. <laughs> not at all. And like, you know, I'm sure other <laughs> vegan cheeses might be better, but this one was not. And then for actually for Stephen's bowl, I just used like normal cheese oh, and you. like put that on top. But we both agreed that the cheese didn't add anything. Oh, really? Like, well, I <laughs> didn't add anything to mine because I scraped it off because it's, and it smelt so bad. Like that Feet. fake cheese. Mm, no, yeah, it's, it's not nice. Um, but the ramen like base was was great right. really liked it would definitely make it again like on its own yeah. and his um serving it with toast is inspired okay. or like bread yeah. and we we i toasted some sourdough i had in the uh fridge because you do want to do that with like once you've eaten your noodles you want to like dip it yeah. in and it's and it's 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 really nice um we had loads left over because it's quite a big recipe and saved it and had it with the second thing I made as like a dip um, or like an extra. And it was really good. And that had none of the toppings on it. Okay. It was just the, the soup. Yeah. Uh, but it's good. It's, it, I mean, I mean, I don't know what it says about Japanese vegan food. It, it tastes French oniony, right? Yeah. It's got the marmite and all that kind of stuff to try and make up for the beef stock yeah. that you're missing right well um, japanese it's just not cheesy yeah would japanese ramen ever use beef stock yeah i'm sure there is one but maybe not yeah. I, don't, I mean i don't know i'm just wondering how to what extent I mean, of a bastardization it is <laughs> i i i don't know of a beef ramen <laughs> My thought, my first thought is, like, because the whole thing about ramen, right, is that you, you're boiling bones mm. to get all of the, like, <laughs> you know, good stuff out of too bones. Big. And are, yeah, are beef bones too big <laughs> to fit? I mean, you know, pigs are quite, anyway. So I don't know, but, any, but somebody who's a bit uh, better, um, better than me could, could, but yeah, it's good. And it's a nice, if also, I think it's quite nice if you do like that french onion taste yeah. yeah 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 um it's a bit like i suppose if you really like beef bourguignon or whatever and you're vegan yeah there must there's surely True. a way to make yeah. that um 
so Defo would make that again. Um, but at the toppings, yeah, like agree. nobody needs yeah. those. All the vegan cheese. No. All the cheese in general. No. Um, so, yeah, that was my first thing. And then my second thing I made was um, the sweet corn curry croquettes. Ooh. Which are... I think I saw them. Um, they looked... Yeah. I, I feel like they were... Yeah, adjacent to <laughs> the ones you mentioned earlier, like leek and... P or whatever they were. I just love the word adjacent. <laughs> adjacent. Um, so he talks about how this is basically his like ode to curry pan, like curry bread, Ooh. which is essentially like a donut. He calls it like a donut filled with a Japanese curry. I love a curry pan, let me tell yeah, you. Yeah, but just curry pan, is it meaty? Not necessarily. I don't, I th- probably not at all. It's probably just um, ve- mostly veggie. Oh, I think maybe I did have it. Oh, God, it's so good. Inspired, actually. Oh, so good. I I feel I can... And this is, again, this is a chat for another day or maybe even offline for us, but I ate some really good curry pan oh. when I was there this time. And ones with, like additional things Ooh. that we'll have to come back to <laughs> um but he was like that's this is too making curry pan is too difficult for a book called vegan japan easy mm-hmm. um so this is an alternative curry croquettes um which he says are even better because they're more crunchy on the outside so and these you know were great mm-hmm. actually i love a croquette and the Jap- the, the japanese do croquettes very well. I love a yeah. I love a, is it the panko? Yeah, is that what makes the difference? Yes, yeah. I think it's the yeah, and just the deep. They're just good at deep frying things. Good at everything, really. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> most things. Not vegan food, oh, apparently. Dairy. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yes. So you start off by essentially making mashed potato. So you boil a kilogram of floury potatoes. This is a big recipe. Mm. Um, He does say that you can freeze some. Uh, So you boil your potatoes and then whilst they're boiling, you make like a, like a kind of a curry paste with oil, a finely diced onion, a hot red chili, 150 grams of sweet corn. He says from a tin is fine. Um, two heaped tablespoons of curry powder. And then he he calls for a heaped tablespoon of gram masala salt. And this threw me what? off. What right. I I think it's just garam masala when I googled it. Oh. <laughs> I, I thought this was like a special salt, yeah. but I couldn't find any anything to do with that. So it was um I think it's just garam masala, which uh, throwback time I got my Dishoom garam masala that I'd spent all that time making <laughs> out because I still have it and I use that um, which was great to do and you know thanks Dishoom for something so you kind of you you fry all that up together um, you saute the onions add in the corn and then the spices and then so you've got like a thick paste so then once your potatoes have cooked and cooled, you mash them and then you're supposed to add the paste. I did add a little bit of uh, oat milk oh. because 
just feel like you've got to mash your potatoes. I want nicely mashed potatoes. I don't want, you know... Puritan potatoes. I don't want bad mash. No. Yeah, I feel like you need a bit of something, something. And I have oat milk, so I added that. Yeah. So it's still vegan. Butter or milk would typically go in, right? To make it somewhat... Yes. Yeah. I do, you don't want that, like... Grainy. Not. Yeah, you want something... And then you kind of ma- you add in your paste and you kind of put it all, you know, mix it all together. Yeah. And he says a generous amount of salt. Uh, when the mash is cool enough to handle, divide it into 16 equal balls and then squash each ball into a kind of oblong patty shape. Right. Right. 16 equal Fine. balls. How fun was that? <laughs> I hate dividing um, stuff up like that because I have to weigh um, it because like, I, yeah. I can't eyeball that stuff. I didn't weigh it because I was like, it's just potatoes, right? Yeah. Like if it was cookies or whatever sure. I would, but yeah, yeah. I just kind of eyeballed it. Um, it was a bit annoying, but it was fine. And then you put it in, you put them on baking sheets and then freeze them oh. for about 30 minutes okay. so that they, they firm up. Um, okay, so then beca- then comes the fun bit of... Uh, Wrapping them around. Like something. Battering uh. them, yeah, essentially. Um, so he says you can use a vegan egg replacer, equivalent to eight eggs. Jesus. And that would have cost me, you know, a month's salary. <laughs> <laughs> so um, he says you could also use... Um, two times recipe quantity of his Batterford bread crumbing, which is essentially uh, corn flour, flour and water mixed up right. into like a thick paste. Yeah. And you use that instead of where you'd use the egg in the... Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the like kind of bread crumbing process. Yeah, so you get each ball, <laughs> put it in flour, put it in the... Flour, flour. <laughs> the the flour, flour, and then into panko to cover it. The batter for breadcrumbing that he has, it's very thick. It reminds me of like a fish batter. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, like... Enveloping. Yeah. It, uh, yes, it was very thick. But, you know, whatever. I, I, I feel if I made these again, which I probably would, I'd just use an egg. Yeah. Um, Because I'm, you know, not vegan. But I realised that that be. could be... I might be, yeah. Uh, I think I'd still use an egg. <laughs> uh, so then you... Uh, I've lost you've got it. Your- okay, so you've done that. You've got your, your croquettes, essentially. And then you can freeze some, if you want to, on baking sheets at that point, like pre-cooked. Um, so you freeze it on the baking sheet, and then I guess once they're frozen, you can put them into a bag, whatever. Mm. And then... Or you cook them. And he gives instructions for deep frying or, like, shallow frying. And I chose to shallow fry them. And so that's just a case of heating some oil, uh, cooking them on one side for about five minutes, Mm. and then until they're golden brown, flip them to the other side. And then he says to put them back on the baking sheet and put them in the oven. Oh, on like a low, on like, oh no, on like 200 degrees, I guess to just get them hot all the way through. Um, Bad name of the week. On this Valentine's Day. <laughs> um, and <laughs> they, <coughs> excuse me, um, they were really nice. They were really, really nice. They sound like nice. I really, 
rated these. Yeah, they, they they maybe you could have probably had more sweet corn in them, and I would say. So I made them in the daytime and then we had them for dinner with the French onion soup thing as like a dippy, Ooh, like a dip for yeah, them yeah. Great. on the side, um, which was really, really nice. Because I think you need, like you were saying earlier, right? you need something with them. Yeah. Like I wasn't sure. Yeah, I wasn't also sure how to make them into a dinner. But because we had that leftover, we did that and just some salad. Um Really, really nice. So I cooked them in the day and I shallow fried them and then I put them in the air fryer in the evening to just warm, make sure they were warm Genius, all the way through. Yeah. Um, and they were really, really good. I, I would say if you make these, really watch your seasoning, like oh, your your really? salt, because they, they could have been, and maybe they were even on the bland side because you're not, It's a, that's a lot of potatoes. Yeah. And yes. you've got your curry stuff, but if there's no salt in your seasoning, then you've got to, you've got to really really salt them yeah. just to make sure they taste of something, not just oil. Yeah. Um, but I would definitely make them again. That is something. I would, like I said, I would use an egg. That struck me actually that he doesn't really. I guess, and um, and I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on this. Is like seasoning isn't such a big thing here. I guess because you use like soy mm. sauce and stuff like that. Which balances it, but yeah, which is miso, super yeah, salty. But yeah, that did strike me. I was like, oh, he hasn't told me, and nor did I miss it. But like, maybe then for something like mm. that, you're just kind of, I don't know, less inclined. Yes, because you're not using any yeah. of those things. Yeah, and he does. I mean, he does say a generous amount of salt, but I feel like you really need to like test that, or like taste while you're after you've mashed everything together with your paste yeah just to make sure it's it's bang on yeah um but i thought it was great and you would you didn't you don't need the chili the hot chili that he asks for if you wanted to make it for someone that didn't like spice or you know like i was even thinking i could give it to marcus if it didn't have the kind of fresh chili in yeah. it um yeah really liked it and they lasted for a few days i made them all and cooked them all uh for my sins i don't really know i did that i should have frozen them um but i ate them over the next couple of days and i thought they were great um stayed crispy like when they were warmed up didn't get soggy great uh yeah absolutely would would rate it i love a croquette and i thought they were great but yeah i would use an egg if i wasn't vegan um and watch your thing and they just to their difficulty rating is super not difficult. That's not true, and I don't think right? I told you because about the French you're onion. battering and frying and like, yeah, uh, the French onion ramen. I feel like that had this had a more nuanced one. Let's have a look. It said, "Oh, it actually just says so not difficult. It will make you weep." Wow. But I mean, if you struggle to like, you know, stand or don't have any time, then it is difficult because caramelising onions for that, that many onions for that long is hard. Yeah, he needs to chill on those ratings. Was, yeah, they're, they're useless. Um, don't do them again. Tim, um, what, was there anything else that you wanted to make? There was some, I'm walking now. <laughs> It's the podcast on tour. Uh, you're leaving? Uh, I can hear my oh, t- this she's like, ever needy terrier of mine. 
batting his water bowl as he likes to do to uh, demand some more. Oh. Um, there was. I like this multitasking of yours. This <laughs> story of my We're life. Just so real. <laughs> I'm a full-time mom, okay? Um, <laughs> Dog mom. <laughs> there was these aubergines in like a sweet miso sauce that were like fried that looked really nice. Mm. Um, and then there was soy sauce brownies, I think, that looked interesting as well. Oh, yeah. Um, and there was like a Bloody Mary, which I couldn't really see. I just love a Bloody Mary, but like I just couldn't, I don't think I could see what the like Japanese element of it was. It was uh, called a Bloody Mary. Like, um, oh, it's a big pinch of sashimi uh, for decorating the, uh, the glass uh, rim. Soy sauce was in oh. it. Sorry. Oh, I, I, I take it all back. There's loads of Japanese things in here. Soy <laughs> sauce wasabi, which is great because I love horseradish in there. And then he says he's vodka or shochu. Um, Oh. Yeah, that looks great. Um, I thought you said them when you said, you said uh, shishimi. I thought you said sashimi around the rim. And I was like, mm, that doesn't sound very vegan. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, <that's> gross. A <laughs> couple of bits of salmon <laughs> around the rim. Oh, raw salmon. God, that's horrendous. Um, what about oh, you? I bet you find that something. <laughs> um, I actually like the idea of the croquettes you mentioned the leek and pea ones yeah, yeah um great. before i saw those ones they were on my list and then the other thing i almost made uh but then i didn't in the end was the portobello mushroom and onion sukiyaki bowl Ooh, I didn't see which that, is I don't um think. yeah it's it's page 160 and i was just interested in this because he says it's a combination of sukiyaki, which he calls beef hot pot. He translates as beef hot pot and gyudon, which is like beef bowl. And we eat a lot of gyudon in this house. Yeah. Like, I make it all the time. Um, so I was really interested to see how that trans... Well, firstly, his recipe, because I think that's interesting. Yeah. And just how that translated to mushrooms. Uh, but I just didn't end up making it mostly because Stephen also doesn't like uh, mushrooms, so I feel like it would have just been me. Uh, yeah, eating it. You don't want to be just you. So. Uh, no, and uh, you know the other things I could make, and we both eat. <laughs> so yeah, should we? Should we wait? Go. We're at a we're at to Japan. <laughs> uh, we're at a bumper duration <laughs> episode here for our, for our listeners. I know. <laughs> Um, we love you. I'll quickly talk you through the rating. Should I? Yeah. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, I feel like we can be forgiven because we... I can be forgiven for just basically talking for an hour and a half because um, <laughs> this is our first Japanese book. That's true. Unless you count Momofuku. But this is our first like proper Japanese book. And yeah. uh, so... Just let me let me have this one, oh, lads. You, you yeah, you have it. This is your moment. Martin Thank you. McCutcheon. I mean, not so. <laughs> <laughs> this Mama. is my perfect ramen. It's your two. Oh, um. <laughs> Shochu hangovers are not for me, and I never want to have one ever again. So our rating is every <laughs> every episode we rate 
uh, based on five criterias, uh, which I'm going to tell you in a moment. But every episode, we also change the what we rate of out uh, with something to do with the the chef or the book, etc. So we have five criteria and they are as follows. Usability and accessibility. That's one. one. (laughs) Ingredients used. That's another one. (laughs) Uh, Veggie friendliness. Yeah. uh, Aesthetics. And the final one is inspirability. Um, And today we are going to rate Tim Anderson's uh, vegan Japan Easy. Yeah. Uh, out of annoying difficulty ratings, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which are on. Li- I think we can't stress this enough. They're on every single recipe, and not one of them deviates from. This is so easy, you'd be a dumb fuck <laughs> if you <laughs> wouldn't be able to do it. <laughs> Essentially, that's what they all. And the say. best one might be on one seven five when it's for red bean and chestnut <laughs> jelly, and the difficulty rating is. I don't think you're ready for this not difficult jelly. <laughs> Yeah, it's just... Um, <laughs> oh. Okay, so usability and accessibility. I'll give it one. That's one. I, I would say you mm-hmm. get ready to usability your every dish in your kitchen because <laughs> that's, that's exactly. what I was doing for my ramen. But, you know, yeah, it wasn't hard. Uh, ingredients used, I think I might have to not give it a point there because you will mm-hmm. uh, inevitably... Like, what, Sichuan? Like, Sichuan peppers were actually... I've got a couple of bags from, I don't know, seeing them somewhere and just like, Ooh. yeah, I'm just so <laughs> organised and exotic. Oh. And I was like, I must, I simply must duck up and sit <laughs> on peppercorns, <laughs> darling. But, you know. The- organised and exotic could be a good band name <laughs> or porn star no, name. Or my work signature. <laughs> Um, yeah so I think you could struggle to find some of this stuff I mean even ramen noodles on their own I had to buy like Mm. packs of ramen noodles with the like sachets and then just like discard the sachets because they were like porky Um, so yeah so ingredients used no veggie friendliness obviously this is vegan so it's very veggie friendly aesthetics Mm -hmm. it is beautiful Um, inspirability yeah, I don't think I'm going to give it a point. I'm so sorry, Tim. And that's not your fault. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I just... I mean, it's his book. <laughs> I don't know. I would happily eat any of this stuff were it put in front of me, but I just felt like, mm. I don't know if I'm ready to make all of those things. And I don't know. I just was lacking it a little bit. Lacking the enthusiasm. Yeah. So what's that? I think we've both... Three, three, three annoying difficulty ratings out of five. <laughs> yeah, I think we've both... I feel like the Dishoom book burnt us out. And any time we see, like, oh, make this on page 15, oh, yeah, and we're yeah. both like... Hell no. Yeah. No, um, but not this shit again. Um, so I get that. So mine is similar. So usability and accessibility one... Ingredients used, I gave half. Okay, yeah. Because I, you know, for me, I had the stuff, but I, I realised that it's it could be quite difficult. It's particularly things like dashy and like, yeah, anyway. Veggie friendly, yes. Aesthetics, yes. Very nice, even uh, not as a physical book. And then 
the same. I was like a zero on inspirability. So it's three and a half from me, three and a half annoying difficulty ratings out of five. But I don't think, if you're still with us, dear listener, I don't think you should judge all Tim Anderson books on this if you are not vegan uh, because his other ones are great. He is, he is, you know, a master of Japanese food. He's a very good chef. Um, I just don't think this is his forte. Yeah. And we didn't hate it. The recipes um, were good when we did them. No. It was just trying to find ones yeah. that you really wanted. It's often the other way around, I guess. Like, I'm used to it being the other way around. I'm used to being excited about lots of things in the book and then the recipes being not as good as they look. Um, but actually, maybe this is good because it's a pleasant surprise. Yeah, that's the true. The ones when you do them work out, right? Well, yeah. yeah. And if you're vegan, hey, if you've been like a lifelong vegan, maybe this is just like a breath of fresh yeah. air to you. They're like, oh, finally. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Do let us know, listeners, if you have this and if you, what you thought of it or if you if we've put you off it entirely. Sorry if so. <laughs> no, don't. No, it's, yeah, um, worth a look. Thank you for listening. I'm so sorry for it being so long. <laughs> it was always going to be long. It's our Japan, Japan special. Japan, Japan special. We love you. We love you. We love you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Cookbook Circle. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast and leave us a review as it helps others to find us and enjoy us. You can see how the recipes from this episode turned out on our Instagram, at Cookbook Circle, where you can also get in touch with us, let us know your thoughts, feedback, ideas for episodes, whatever you like. We really love to hear from all of you. So we'll see you next time. Bye! Bye. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.